Hello everyone, you're listening to CRC Live on Brimbank Live, reporting to you from CRC Caroline Springs in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Christina, joined alongside by my co-hosts Matt, Natalie and Sienna Skye. Today we'll be bringing you special coverage of an interview with Mrs Katie Murray Fawcett, who is our Deputy Principal of Wellbeing. Mrs Murray, it's so lovely to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me feel very privileged. Yeah, it's a it's a good day. So I'm very excited to hear some of the answers you have. So can you actually tell us a bit about your role here? So, you know, Deputy Principal of Wellbeing, what does that kind of entail? Yep. Um, I think the one thing about, particularly about being in Wellbeing and as a Deputy Principal, no day is uh, repeated. It's definitely <laughs> different each day. I guess some of my responsibilities include things like, obviously, I oversee the Wellbeing team, which includes our year level leaders our counsellors and psychs, our learning diversity leaders, and of course our head of student wellbeing as well. So I'm really fortunate to, to lead and work with a really collaborative team. Um, I'm also part of the primary links team. I oversee that, which looks at all the transition um, of our incoming year seven students. Uh, I also oversee the alumni as well, which has been a new initiative for us as a college in 2022. Um, so sort of really trying to engage with past students yep. and build that culture. Um, I'm also looking at overseeing a number of the college events. Mm -hmm. So we just had our year seven testing day on Saturday. We had our live fully act justly day. I also, um, look at running all of our assemblies and things like that. Uh, I'm in charge of, uh, enrollments as well. So I uh, do interviews and enrollments for all incoming students. Uh, so that, that's been pretty busy, particularly with, with the impact of COVID, we've had lots of late enrolments. Um, so I've been very busy, particularly for the first three terms in uh, in sort of, you know, getting that year seven cohort together for 2023. Um, and and I'm an English teacher as well amongst all of that too. So I'm uh, very blessed to have a beautiful year 10 English class yeah. amongst uh, all the other things that I do. Very busy woman. You've got, yeah. You're doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoy it because as I said, it's it's all very different. Yep. Like I do love all the event stuff. Um, it can be obviously quite stressful at times when you're leading up to something like a Live Fully Act Justly Day, but it's also very rewarding as yep. well, particularly when those events go well. Yeah. So, yeah. Natalie? Well, I know that you're, it's your first year here and I just wanted to ask what's, how are you liking CRC and what is the positives that CRC has that you found that you found like further the school that some other schools may not have? Yeah, I mean, um, I worked at my previous school, um, Panola Catholic College, for 15 years. So for me to come to a new school after being somewhere for so long, it was quite nerve-wracking and quite daunting. But, and, and I thought, I sort of said to myself, oh, look, I'll, I'll, you know, it's going to take me a couple of years. I'll give myself, you know, a couple of years to settle in and, and form friendships or, or relationships and things like that. But the moment that I stepped foot, you know, on these grounds, um, I felt so welcomed by the community immediately. Um, you know, staff were incredibly supportive, um, very positive. Um, because I didn't, um, all my interviews were actually online given COVID restrictions last year. So I, I already had the job when I actually physically came on these grounds, but it was just lovely and I felt welcomed and I, and I felt like a sense of being home quite straight away, which was really nice. Um, and you know, again, the kids have been amazing. 
um, this year. And, and I think that's why it's important too, that even as deputy principals that we're still in the classroom as well because, you know, sometimes when, you know, you have a lot of pressure when you're in a leadership position and to, to walk into a classroom and put that stuff aside is really lovely yeah. at times. You can just sort of go back to where we all started and it was to be a teacher in a classroom. So, um, you know, a lot of it's quite similar to where I've come from, but a lot of it's different. There's a beautiful sense of community here at this school. Um, and I definitely feel very blessed to have to have gotten this position. Yeah. That sense of community is very strong and particularly when we have someone new to the school, I think, like you said, it was very quick to mm. feel at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, in terms of like mental health mm. to the students in our school, has mm. that become like a big part of your job so far? Yeah, I, look, I think that, you know, I, I've had a wellbeing background for a number of years. I've been a year level coordinator um, for for years 8, 9, 10 and 11 in, in my past life and I, also a coordinator of students, which is similar to our head of student wellbeing role. Um, and I and definitely from my experience, the concern of mental health has grown immensely um, in regards to kids that experience anxiety, you know, depression, um, school refusal, things like that, um, significant partial concerns. And I think too that what I've noticed, I think we've all noticed too, is that given the impact of COVID, those mental health concerns have grown even more so. Yeah. Um, and I think that our role uh as a school, as educators, has has grown significantly in what we have to try and do to support kids in those areas. Um, you know, in my day at high school, we, we didn't have counsellors at school, we didn't have psychologists and now, and we're very lucky at this school where we do have all those things. So there's a lot of support um, for for students here um, more, and I think more so than other schools as well. So it's definitely a challenge um, and we're always looking at various ways to try and support the, the mental health of our students and educate them in regards to coping and things like that. Yeah. Um, so like we know that wellbeing can affect like all students, staff and like everyone in our community. What are the main factors like that you can see like at this school like with some students or like within the community that the factors of wellbeing that is like the issue? Um, yeah, so I think I think there's a number of factors involved, and we know that research tells us that that kids that have, I guess, don't feel a sense of connection at their school can offer often suffer from mental health, and and obviously, look, you know, it can be family environment, it can be things that have happened from home. Um, I think that students, again, with you know, we've also seen a growth in in school refusal as yep. well, and that can also be impacted by mental health and things like that. So. Um, there's a range of issues um, and I don't think there's any one specific answer as to why mental health happens in young people and it can be very up and down. Um, you know, as, as young people know, you know, term one, you can feel fantastic, come term two yeah. or three, you're feeling down or whatever. Um, and this is a wonderful place to, to sort of put things in place and strategies. There's lots of people to talk to as well in regards to your mental health. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it's looking at those factors as to, to why a student might be experiencing um, low mood or depression or anxiety and looking at ways in which we can best support them. You are currently listening to CRC Live on Brimbank Live, broadcasting from CRC in Caroline Springs in Melbourne, Australia, if you're just joining in. My name is Christina and Matt, Natalie and Sienna Sky are my co-hosts for the day. Today, we have Mrs. Katie Murray Fawcett as a special guest. She is our wonderful Deputy Principal of Wellbeing. Miss Murray, like you said, all of those factors do kind of contribute 
to your role as well and the role that you do play in our college. Um, so um, what about, is there specific year levels that you see more mental health uh, issues like towards like year sevens coming from year six primary school, which is a big jump into high school, mm. you know, their mental health uh, towards here now? Yeah, good question. I think that with the year sevens, I don't know so much if there's a huge growth in mental health. I think there's probably more issues that perhaps come up because of transition. Mm. And we know that with our year seven summer, you know, and we've got a huge cohort. We've got close to 280 year sevens this year and coming in for next year. So um, some of our kids transition really easily and settle in really quickly. Others take a long time and others might not settle in in year seven. It might take them up until year eight. We can see that, um, particularly if they've got some significant concerns or needs. Um, I would say that perhaps there's probably higher numbers of mental health issues at, at a higher level in regards to maybe at nine and ten and perhaps that is that maybe because of the pressures that come with, you know, thinking about pathways and, and maturity and going through certain developmental things and, and that. So um, I think that mental health plays a significant part, part with it more of our senior students. Um, and, and again, teaching them how to have those coping skills and really setting them up for that transition when they go to, um, you know, Sydney yeah. and, and look at their pathways, whether it's a VCAL pathway or a VCE pathway. Yeah. If you have some somebody approach you, um, you know, and they need help with or assistance with anything that they may have, how would you kind of approach that or help them? Um, I guess I'd probably just try and find out a bit of background first as to what they're going through or how they're feeling and, and check in about – I think it's really important to think to ask questions around their physical health as well. Like, for example, what kind of routines are they keeping? Um, what about, you know, what's their support network like in regards to friends or parents and, and um, family? Um, how they're eating as well. Again, yeah. that's probably been a bit of a concern too. We, we've noticed that there's it's a been rising a, factor. In yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. Um, kids just, for example, not eating breakfast or not eating yeah. at school at all for the yeah. whole course of the day. Yeah. And I, one of those things I always say to, to kids that I speak to if they're not eating right, it's like think of yourself like as a car. Yeah. yeah. You're running, think of a car without petrol, you're running on empty. If you've yeah. got no fuel in your body, your brain's not working like it should, your body's not working like it should, and that has a severe impact on your well-being and also on, you know, your academic growth. Yeah. So it's, I think it's important to always ask those questions um, about how they're going physically. And then obviously, you know, they might open up about things that they're going through um, and then it might be, and again, this is different for everyone, whether we might put in a referral to see one of our college psychs or counsellors. Um, it might be something where they just do check-ins with a year-level leader or um, our head of student well-being. So I guess it just depends on the needs at the time. Um, and, and as I said before, kids can go through a roller coaster. Things can be really good for a while and they're up here and it's about, okay, well, when I'm feeling pretty low and down or I'm anxious, it's really important that they re be, a be able to recognise that within themselves and then put those strategies in place again. Yeah. So um, what about like uh, VCE mm. students for year 10 and upwards? Um, what advice do you give them going into that uh, next step of their lives? Yeah, obviously I've got a year 10 class and all my kids are at, at that sort of at that point where they're starting to get ready for, um, you know, they've, whether it be their VCE pathway or something else. So um, one of the first things I say to them, it's really important that you form positive relationships with your VCE teachers, that they, you are going to have to really lean on them for the next two years and you really want to depend on them. Um, so it's important that you, you form those good relationships. And I think too that 
um, you know, make sure that you're taking time out for yourself as well. So do some fun stuff. It's yeah. not all about study because at the end of the day, you want to work hard, you want to achieve your very best. But I also think too that that, that final score that you might get or whatever it might be, it doesn't define you mm-hmm. at the end. You are still going to be the person that you're going to be. Um, so, and even things like, you know, being strategic about your effective use of time, you know, sort of nut out, it, particularly, you know, as senior, senior students, they've got part-time jobs, they might have sporting commitments. So it's really important that you work out your timing throughout the course of the week and make time for study, but make time for yourself and make time for your working and, and sporting commitments. Yep. Natalie? As you previously mentioned, you are a U10 English teacher and you are my teacher. I am. I'm very um, lucky. What do, you, <laughs> what do you think, do you think that helps your, your own mental health as well, getting away from all the leadership um, tasks yep. as well? Absolutely. And like I said before, it's, it's, it's wonderful to come in because I, you know, my, my job and any job in, at school, we're all, can all experience uh, sort of stresses or significant hard days. And I know that when I walk into my year 10 English classroom and I've had the same kids all year, I have them four hours a week. I would like to think hopefully I've got a good relationships with all of them. I can come in there. I can sort of kind of chill out a little bit in the sense that, you know, have a bit of good banter with them and, and, you know, and teach. Um, and my passion is I'm an English and drama teacher. Um, but my passion really is is English, um, particularly as I've gotten a bit older. So yeah. for me going into the classroom, it's a little bit like a release too. It's, it's you know, at the end of the day, that's what we all started as. We all started as teachers and formed our way into, into leaders for some of us. But uh, I still love being in the classroom. Yeah. And I suppose that dynamic as well, when like, you know, transitioning from leadership and then going to the classroom, like mm. you said, it's a, it's a relief. It's mm. something different. Absolutely. Um, and it's beautiful to yeah. watch. You you know from what you what you have at the start of the year with those year ten students to where they're at now where they I've nearly finished with them yeah um, and that'll happen again next year no doubt yeah you are currently listening to CRC Live on Brimbank Live broadcasting from CRC Caroline Springs and Melbourne Australia if you're just joining in my name is Christina and Matt Natalie and Sienna Sky are my co-hosts for the day. Today, we have Mrs. Katie Murray Fawcett as a special guest. She is one of our deputy principals of wellbeing. Um, also, you were speaking about how English and drama is your passion. As me being you 10, how would you find, how would you like explain how to find your passion as we're going into VCE and we don't, I know not everyone knows what they want to do mm. and what they want to do, like follow for the rest of their lives. So what was it for you that like helped you find your passion for drama and English? Yeah, I mean, I I, would, I, I suppose I enjoyed both of those subjects um, at school. Uh, when I did my VCE, I did English and English literature um, and, and did drama. So I was always had a passion for those areas. I love reading and things like that. Um, and, and I think one thing that you always try to give advice about is with, with senior students um, picking those subjects is do things that you love doing, do things that you're passionate about and that you're good at. Don't choose a subject because you think, oh, it's going to add to my ATAR and it's going to bump my score up. You know, that that shouldn't be the focus. Mm-hmm. And the at the end of the day too, even at year 10, I think there's this pressure, perhaps even earlier nowadays, to to find out what you want to do in life, you know, and the reality is that you're, you're 14, 15, 16 
to, to know what you want to do with the rest of your life is a really big ask. Yeah. And the, and again, we also know that people nowadays change careers constantly. Yeah. They might move. Especially with the working technology changing every absolutely, day. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, I came into teaching a little bit later. Um, you know, I did some study. I then worked and travelled and then went back to study. So everyone's journey is very different and everyone – has different pathways in how they get there. And, I, and young people need to understand that if they don't know what they want to do yet, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, definitely isn't. And like you said, that stress of wanting to know like now, you have to know now, it is quite a bit, especially for a young person. Absolutely. See you in the sky. Um, so like talking about like when we're going to Sydney and everything, mm. obviously it is a big school and – um, there are going to be many students, like apparently they've got over like a thousands as well. Um, so how do you, what is, what advice do you give to people if they are feeling like lonely or like lost in a big place like that? Yeah. I mean, and again, you, you, um, Sienna Sky, you're going to go through that transition. And, and I suppose for our kids here being, where is year seven to 10 campus? My previous school was seven to 12. So it was a bit different. They just were at the same place for the for those six years, um, and you go through that transition proce- process again, similar to um, you, what you did in year seven. But I think that you'd be more mature, that you'll cope with it a little bit better. But I think that my advice would be is just to open yourself up to any any opportunities that come your way. And I think the the wonderful thing that going to Sydney is is that you're going to meet people from various other schools. So there's this opportunity to meet people, work with new people, form relationships with others as well. Um, and, and again, also give yourself that time to settle in. Like I said before with the year sevens, some of you will be able to do it within a couple of weeks. Others might take a little bit longer and that's okay. Everyone's going to be a little bit different. Um, but it's obviously an exciting opportunity and, yeah. and it will go so fast. It's two years and you're done. It's not a lot. And enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, I know for Matt, he's in year nine. And he's going to go through the experience of choosing his year 11 subjects next year. Um, I just wanted your thoughts on like, you know how you said choose subjects that you enjoy? What do you think of the pressures that parents put on you to choose the subjects that will boost your ATAR? What Mm. do you think, what do you think, what effects do you think that has on the kid and what advice do you have for parents who there, are doing that there definitely is like a um certain like something that the parents do to like not make you make your own their what they want mm-hmm. but like to influence on what you have because they're saying like you know in a couple of years you have to do this you work you support family you know you look after people you gotta uh pick what you need to like for the for your life. Yeah. You know? And I think keep in the back of your mind too that your parents probably are putting that pressure on you if you're going through that because they just want the best for you. They're not doing it to be mean. They just want the very best for you and the best outcome. So I think that I guess you as a young person you need to feel empowered to sometimes have those conversations with your parents and say, well, look, this, this is what I really love doing. This is what I'm passionate about. Um you know, this is what I, I want to do. This is what I see as part of my pathway. And I, I think to look to to the school as a support to have those conversations. So, you know, if you, for example, if you really like performing art subjects and you're doing very well in them, but maybe that's not what mum and dad are leaning towards, 
maybe they having a conversation with a performing arts teacher to have a chat about, well, these are all the career opportunities that performing arts has to offer that will maybe alleviate a little bit of stress that they're feeling or those desires that they're having. So look to us to have those conversations and Mm -hmm. support you in having those talks with your parents. Yeah. Like I know from experience when I was choosing my year 11 subjects, obviously this year I am doing a uh, year 11 vet subject. I'm doing dance and I know that like my pathway, I know like I have a feeling it isn't going to be leading towards like dance or the performing arts like area Mm -hmm. but like when I had the conversation with my like mum she was very supportive of it and she's like you she knows that I enjoy I love dancing like it's my life Mm -hmm. but she knows that it's not something I want to do when I'm older like it may come towards that Mm -hmm. that I do it but she knows that that's like a fun Mm -hmm. subject for me but for me it's more of like a like a stress thing it's like I have that as something else I can do when I am stressed or whatever. So like the subjects I did choose are like because I love them. So Mm. like I chose like chemistry and legal studies. That's because I love those studies. Like, yes, I know that they're going to be hard to do, but I feel that because it is like my mum that's like encouraging me to do the things I love, like it will be easier for me to pay more attention in those classes and everything. Yeah, yeah. and it's nice yeah. that, yeah, and I think that's a good idea because you'll see that as your kind of little time out a little yeah. bit. That dance subject will be yeah. that time to kind of let loose a bit, yeah. let go a little bit yeah. and, and you know, and even help with that stress that yeah, BCE yeah. might bring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been it's been fantastic to have you here. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. We appreciate having you here. Um, and we've had a lot of fun speaking with you Thank today. You. It's been great. Live from Melbourne, Australia, CRC Caroline Springs. On Brimbank Live, you've been listening to CRC Live. My name is Christina and Sienna Sky, Matt and Natalie served as my co-hosts today. We appreciate all of you being here and listening and we sincerely hope you found today's material to be helpful. Have a great day and until we speak again.